Welcome to Beth and Jordan Rewatch. I'm Jordan, and I'm a nerd. And I'm Beth, and I'm also a nerd. For our show, we will rewatch TV shows and movies that Beth and I have enjoyed and try to look at them with a fresh perspective. And for this season, we'll be watching Vikings, which I have seen before, but will be Jordan's first time watching the show. This week, we discuss season two, episode five, Answers in Blood. Welcome back after a two-week break. We would like to say that we planned this, um, but the reality of the situation is technical difficulties and my lack of internet uh, required us to take a two-week break. That's okay. We can come back refreshed and recharged, ready to do episode five. I mean, I mean, Beth, I don't know. You, you, you work honestly more hours than I do. Did you, do you feel relaxed, recharged? Honestly, yes, but only because I've only been working like 50 hours a week and this is my second day of a two-day weekend, so I'm happy. Only 50, only, only 50 hours a week. Um, <laughs> but yes, um, so we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, this is season two, episode five, Answers in Blood, and it's time for one-minute recaps. And so, Beth, I've said the episode title. You've got one minute. Are you ready to go? And full disclaimer, it has been two weeks since I watched this episode, so let's do this. <laughs> Here we go in three, two, one, go. All right, so the episode starts out with Ragnar and Bjorn leading a raid on the food supplies of Jarlborg and Kattegat. Um, a couple of people we don't care about end up dying, and they end up driving Jarlborg <laughs> out of Kattegat. There is much rejoicing. Um, the women folk yeah. come back with Rolo, and um, you can tell that Auslog is kind of annoyed because Lagertha is super popular. Ragnar has a sort of... Uh, question of whether or not he can have both of them or one or the other and how will he choose ah existential crisis um they're deciding to behead a prisoner and there's a weird power struggle between ragnar rollo and bjorn and bjorn ends up lopping off the head and there is much rejoicing back yeah. over across the pond in england we've got athelstan who's grip, grip, coming to grips with the fact that he got rescued from his crucifixion and his uh christianity versus paganism he helps save a girl and see, seeing like religious iconography vision slash hallucinations Good with ten seconds to spare. Okay, <laughs> you're good. You're good. You're good. I think you. I think at this point you're always like, I'm out of time. Out of time. It's like, no, nah, there's time. There's time. I don't know what a minute feels like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, but I think I will say like I have no complaints this go around. Sometimes I have little snide comments of like, yeah, but you did forget this. I do think this time you you encapsulated the whole episode perfectly. So well done. <laughs> Having Beth and I both watched this episode two weeks ago, we <laughs> will do our darndest to analyze um, answers in blood. And I, and I think in all reality, Beth, there's really, I, I think there's two slash three paths really to look at. And so this, this could honestly be just a very short episode because, because there's three paths. They're all fairly, fairly linear um, and we can, and we can separate them out pretty well. Um, but there was really, I think, three characters whose storyline um, we're looking at really today. Um, and I guess the the one I think that's the most obvious and in our face is the storyline for Ragnar and his whole, um, you know, retake, retaking Kattegat, um, trying to make sure uh, that Jarl Borg, you know, gets removed from, from all of that. Uh, it seems like, you know, for Ragnar, I will say that this episode seems for the most part, fairly triumphant for him. 
And to be fair, we haven't seen him fail a whole lot. Like everything bad that's happened to him has happened because he's not there. (laughs) Right. So yeah. But yeah, like you said, it's a big W for him. He takes back Kattegat. He like gets his son back in the end, technically. Like he, he doesn't take a whole lot of, nothing really bad happens to him. Right. I guess he can't have two wives, like, which is just like, oh man. Oh darn. What a loss. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, I, I think especially getting his son back at the end has to be, he, obviously, obviously having Catechate, like that's the seat of power. He's got to have that. But mm-hmm. like having his son is, of course, the really big thing, especially considering what's been foreseen about his son. Um, but what's, oh, shoot, I lost my train of thought there. Um, ah. Nope, I had other th- I had another thought on Bjorn. I was trying to or on Ragnar. I mean, I was trying. To- oh, so yeah. So I guess on on Ragnar's whole storyline, what did you make of? You mentioned it in the the recap. What did you make of this odd three way power struggle between him and Rolo and Bjorn over who's going to chop the head off? Um, I don't I- know. I don't know why that needed to be as intense intense of a scene as it was like is it about Ragnar and Rolo still coming to grips with their new sort of trust and alliance in each other is it Rolo trying to like prove that he's still the Viking that he thinks he is is it Ragnar like metaphorically passing the torch of his like second commandhood off to Bjorn we'll never know they don't tell us instead we just get intense staring and people snipping at each other before they finally start throwing blood at each other (laughs) Right. right exactly well, and knowing and knowing the show writers, like it won't even be something they'll meditate on. It'll be something that's there, and then we're onto a new plot line, like five seconds mm-hmm. later. But I, I did I, when you said that, I was like, okay, I'm glad you found that odd too, because I found that distinctly strange. Because yeah, exa- everything you said is exactly like where my thought process was. Is just like, what's going on here? I guess the only the only real straightforward thing we can take away from this is that um, Bjorn is like. He is the one who is ultimately like the successor. Like he is the, like where Ragnar fails and where Rolo fails, it will be Bjorn that will be the one who, or at least that's that's kind of the takeaway I had is like he is the one who can be who will be above it because they both like him, and even if they have a weird power struggle thing going on between each other, um, which you know I'll buy and I'm also here for because Bjorn may be a petulant whiny child in most of the episodes because when he was a child but you know he's he seems like a pretty good dude <laughs> yeah as as an adult and as with an adult actor like his character is just oh, it's just so much better acted so uh, much better uh it's, it's it's just so funny like even the first few episodes when we saw um grown-up Bjorn like just just i don't i can't even remember what the words that were said but it was something where like he was very serious and like like mad at his mom and just the way he said it is just like oh that's so much more realistic (laughs) it's not whiny and petulant it's like it's like concern mixed with frustration like it's more nuanced and in depth and it's just like oh thank god like (laughs) this sounds more like a human um yeah but but so yeah and so i think I don't know. It's short and sweet, but I think very much that that's Ragnar's kind of storyline, and and you know Bjorn and uh, Rolo all tied together in there. Um, and I think then the other one has the the second one has to be, and again a somewhat it'll be a somewhat small one, but has to be Lagertha and the poor 
poor woman. Ugh. Just she just tries to be so good for everyone else, right? God, and some someday, partially just because I know how long that this the show runs, and I know that she was the actor was signed on for like six seasons. And someday, <laughs> <laughs> someday something will go right for her. Um, you know, someday she won't be the woman that Ragnar's like, oh, I love her and I love Oslog. Can I have them both? Like someday she will be viewed for the full, like the full person that she is, I hope. Uh, and this show will give her her just desserts. But my goodness, like, ugh. I guess if I'm going to you... let my son live with his father because he's so happy here and go back to my abusive asshole of a husband. Yay. Yay. And on top, like, <laughs> and on top of that, like, she's kind of do like, she is doing the dutiful thing because had she stayed there, like that, uh, that would have created another war. Like, let's be honest. It would have been a war then between, um, whatever the name of her terrible husband is. Um, and, you know, and Ragnar's earldom, like, it would have caused another war. And so, like, it's it's her dutiful thing. Like, Auslog is being petty, uh, because, let's be honest, who dislodged whom? Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, who, and who, you know, like, like Ra- and obviously, like, I'm not at all discounting that Ragnar is an idiot, and Ragnar is, mo- is the most at fault. But, that being said, who is the woman who came in? And like, and was just like, oh, I will just come in and, you know, arrive on a ship and just be like, here is your son. Let's have more sons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I struggle with that because like I, I don't like Auslog, and like, sure, Ragnar's the one at fault, but like, her being like pettily jealous over Lagertha, like. That she knew that these people knew Lagertha for forever. She was like their ruler and their friend for a lot longer than you have been. <laughs> right. And like Elslog has set herself up as this like unattainable, like, oh, I'm a princess. My parents were both like people of legend and I'm untouchable. And that way she doesn't have the love of the common people. So she can't be jealous when she doesn't have it because she specifically engineered her image so she wouldn't. Ah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, like when she made the comment, no one is just the wife, you know, just the daughter of farmers. It's like, um, sorry, <laughs> most of the people are, mm-hmm. um, like exactly. She has set up this pretentiousness and she's crying a little bit cause she's not, she's about to not get her way, um, uh, you know, and not have, um, Ragnar, which they were not having a good relationship, you know, when this whole sequence began anyway, um, she's not having her all to himself, all to herself. I mean, and then. And then she about throw. It seems like she's gonna like throw a fit, and Lagerth is like, "Chill, chill. Like mm-hmm. I'm out of here." And so it's just like, ugh. like Auslog is obviously not a bad person. Like the, the show has at least the ability to create some nuance, and it's not. She's not a bad person, but God, she's not a good one. <laughs> True. Um, so poor Lagertha, but her, I mean, her journey, like I said, we know that she signed on for at least a few more seasons. So like her journey is not done thankfully. And her story arc is not done. Um, but it's, it's a tough blow for Lagertha in this episode, especially because why did she come? Because of her duty to Ragnar. Like she did all the work. Dang it. Uh, I know she just shows up and fixes everybody's problems and then has to leave again. (laughs) uh, She deserves better. 
one day. Honestly, I hope that in the future there's a like which I don't remember, but I hope that there's a scene where Ragnar realizes exactly who he lost by letting her go. Yeah, I hope so too. I don't see it. Ragnar is not one for um, contrition. Uh, True. So I don't see it happening, but yeah, I would agree. Um, and so anyway, so then we, so we have that. Um, and then the last, I guess the last track I wanted to focus on was Athelstan. Um, mm-hmm. Because the way you said that. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> He's my favorite. I love him so much. <laughs> That sounded way more sensual than I than I. It wasn't supposed to be. I was just like, yes, let's please talk about my favorite character, at least one of them. Oh god. Okay. No, it's all good. Um, but anyway, so yeah, on the Athelstan, um, you know, it was interesting. Like, for an episode named Answers in Blood, like, truthfully, where most of the blood was happening was a lot of the like very much the Mary iconography and like all all of this weird whatever the heck is happening to Athelstan and all of this, like, looks like he's tripping on drugs or something or like suffering massive withdrawals. Who knows what's going on? But like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. He's definitely going through, he's definitely going through like, it's kind of a mixture of regret, but like, I don't know. Like what, how, how do you, what do you feel is all going on in his mind? Cause I, I'm with somebody, I, I don't know. I have a hard time putting it all together. I feel like it might be a lot of guilt, honestly. Mm. Like he feels guilty at the same time for betraying his Viking now sort of people and heritage by going back to ally himself with the English and by not like fighting to his last breath against them. Uh But at the same time, he feels guilty. He's denounced Christ like in the past couple of episodes and been living as a pagan and doing all of the, the pagan things. And now he's an apostate. And he has yeah. to live with that guilt. And then he has to live with the, maybe even the guilt of, I didn't deserve not to be killed. Like, mm. maybe he's like, this is my comeuppance. This is what I deserve. Why have I been forgiven? What is my purpose now? Um, mm. And we the all know Catholic guilt. guilt can, survivor's guilt, Catholic guilt, like, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> the whole shebang. Yeah, yeah. Def- I mean, definitely a lot of guilt. But also just definitely like, I don't know, just the interesting scenes to me are like like the Holy Communion scene where like like, you know, he take I think it's he takes the body and then or takes the bread and then like but then like with like immediately takes it back out or whatever. Is that yeah, I, I yeah, sure that's what happens, like right? That. Um and so it's like I don't know, and it's just it's just all so interesting. It's like this guilt combined with like still very much being like, but I am a pagan, but like I don't know. It's there's it's just a lot going on there, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of it just honestly looks. And granted, they they uh, film it in this way. A lot of it just looks like a weird drug trip. Mm-hmm. But know. at least you still see him actually doing good in people's lives too. Like even though he's That's King true. of Birds, but like pet pagan, he like helped that woman out a lot, which yeah, is a true. good thing. Granted, and, she later and- appeared to him as like a vision of the Virgin Mary and freaked him out even more, but. <laughs> Yeah, he's going. He's going through something. Um, <laughs> but like, and and again, so so to ever so slightly deviate to King Eckbert, thank you for being a competent, a competent character um, for actually like for having good reasons for the things that you do and like having logic, and also then for 
like, cause he asked him like, what would they do with the whole like woman accused of adultery? And he's like, are you telling me the pagans have a better way than the Christians do? This is stupid. And it's kind of and, and like, even King Eckbert is kind of like, I don't know. He's a man, he's a man ahead of his time and not fit for the show uh, <laughs> compared, to, compared to the other villains. The other villains would have just immediately killed her for the evils. Right. <laughs> like- Oh, and they and they would have and they would have either sent Athelstan immediately back, like as a message, um, or they would have let him be crucified. So, mm-hmm. you know, one or the other. So thank uh, goodness we've got King Eckbert. <laughs> thank you for King Eckbert, the wise villain. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you for your competence. <laughs> Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Because that really covered everything I thought was important. I don't think so. I think that covers everything for me too. Right. The one thing we just have to remember is as this episode ended, um, we did find out that most of King Horrock's men are now dead uh, because of the plotting of Eckbert. And so we have True. to see what does that mean for <laughs> and, our characters? And yet again, we see that the only that bad things that happen to Ragnar happen when he's not there. <laughs> there. To be discovered what happens there. time for ratings and predictions and so beth here we, here we are at the point of ratings out of five stars decimals allowed explanations required what do you think of the answers in blood um i think i'm feeling a little bit less forgiving than i probably have been during my previous ratings i'm gonna give it a 3.4 i liked it it was fine um i liked the lagertha parts i liked the athelstan parts there were just some parts with ragnar and rollo that were either just like fight 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 hey whatever or just didn't make no sense so 3.4 i mean i'd agree 3.5 like it's just it's fine and there's just not much else you can say about it that doesn't do anything bad but there's nothing that really sticks out yep so then looking ahead to next week we have the episode season two episode six of vikings unforgiven so the synopsis or the summary for this one is King Horik returns to Kattegat with a surprising prep- proposition for Ragnar. Lagertha runs into a less than enthusiastic homecoming from her new husband and Athelstan becomes the confidant to King Eckbert. Jordan, what are your predictions for happening? What's happening next week? That's interesting that Eckbert goes to Kattegat. Like that's an interesting development there. I don't right. know if it mentioned that. It said Athelstan becomes King Eckbert's confidant. What, what, about, what about that first sentence? Didn't that say King Horik? Oh, Horik, Horik. Yeah. Oh, Hor- okay. Never mind. That makes yeah much more sense. Interesting. And he has a proposition. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Um. So, it's 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 trying to go for like levels of uh like do we go for the low hanging fruit or do we actually try to be bold? Um. I think prediction number one. Prediction number one is that let's do something about Athelstan. Um, prediction number one is that Athelstan will get very drunk um, <laughs> and sleep with one of the women in Wessex. Um, 
that's a, that's such a high that's like that's not a high bar like no, any, it is vikings after all it is Vikings. <laughs> it's not a high bar interested um yeah i don't know everything else just feels like very predictable like oh he reveals like ragnar's weaknesses like yeah that's that's not that's not unpredictable that's pretty mm-hmm. anyway but i'm gonna go with that um I'm gonna go with you know what? Let's say that Lagertha kills her husband. We just we just got we just gotta take some risks, have some fun. We're just gonna go with Lagertha kills her husband. Um, and then lastly, I don't care what Ragnar does. What is Bjorn up to these days? Um, or, <laughs> Ro- or Rolo? What are either of them up to these days? Um, let's say. Well, okay, so it's kind of a two-parter into one. We'll say that Rolo is put put in charge of Catechet because uh, Ragnar Ragnar has to go off, and so, but somehow this is viewed as redeeming, like the fact that he is entrusting Rolo to be in charge of Catechet. It's it's some somehow redeeming because apparently we're on a Rolo redemption arc. There you go. Those are my all right. Well, looking forward to seeing which of these predictions come true next week as we refer Viking Season 2, Episode 6, Unforgiven. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Beth and Jordan Rewatch, where we rewatch our favorite movies and shows and discuss what we love about them. You can find all of our episodes on anchor.fm slash bjrewatch or on Spotify at Beth and Jordan Rewatch.